Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. I do, actually, I'm going to say I'm sorry for it not going live yesterday, which is true. I am sorry for that. But I think from this point on now, given this nicely sat in the middle of the week, Wednesdays will be our brand new days when we go live. And for the short term too, I think I'm going to have to. This is sad. I do apologize for this. I think it will be a one a week show, but hopefully absence makes the heart grows fonder and that just gets you even more excited about it. There's just, you know, some things are going on with me at the moment. Some good, some not bad, but things I need to work out. And there's no point me trying to fit things into. There's no tr- point trying to put a square peg into a round hole. So hopefully what we can do is we can do one a week. That'll be more exciting. Again, slap bang in the middle of the week. So we can talk about everything that happened sort of over the weekend and with Raw. And then we can look forward to AW Dynamite, NXT SmackDown, any kind of pay-per-views that we have going on. And of course, when we do have a pay-per-view, I will always endeavor to do a prediction show because I just think that's quite fun. Everybody likes their predictions, especially when you get them right. The draft is over. That's where we have to start today. Actually, no, I'm going to do a cheap plug to start today. Patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Out of transparency, without my Patreon, I can't do any of my personal projects, and that consists of this podcast, everything I do on my YouTube channel, everything on my Twitch, uh, twitch.tv forward slash Simon316, and YouTube is Simon Miller, and it's gone down, which is fine. I totally get it. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. People are struggling financially. But look, if I don't pimp this stuff, <laughs> you don't know about it. So, you know, if you go on there, you can get a cameo-type video. You can come on the podcast, although I am scanning that back a little bit for the things we've talked about just now uh what else can you do? get a postcard t-shirt bunch of stuff up there you can check it out and if you just like to buy a t-shirt and not be sort of tied into anything it's simonmiller.bigcartel.com uh, but massive thanks to everybody that does support me on there uh, i hope you realize how much you do help me and if you don't hopefully you know now because i've just told you i massively appreciate you all right the draft my biggest problem with the draft, and you will know this if you watch my ups and downs stuff, is I think WWE can have more fun with it. I read a very interesting piece that kind of argued that, you know, they're trying to copy the NFL or the NBA or, you know, th- those kind of official sporting bodies who do a draft in a very similar way. It's very uh, direct. It's very formal. And that's because it's different though, right? Because you are... I don't want to say you're playing with people's lives, but you are toying with people's futures, especially when you get rookies and first drafts and things like that. It's not the same with WWE, even less so this year, because there's always a debate every single year. Like, you know, we can't move Naomi to Raw and keep Jimmy Uso on SmackDown because they'll be on different touring schedules, and that's just patently unfair. And the life of a WWE superstar or any wrestler is hard enough. But we don't have that at the moment. You know, it doesn't look like WWE is going to be doing any... Uh, worldwide or even nationwide tours anytime soon so you know the options to be creative i felt were 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 bigger than they actually were my actually i've gone off track here what i mean by that is is that you know you can move seth rollins to smackdown you can keep him on raw and it's exciting because he's seth rollins and you can kind of treat it like a sport i'm just gone off track here let me just let's just keep this nice and simple have more fun with the damn draft don't do it like real sports i just don't think it works like having stephanie mcmahon come out there and just read off some names and read off some lists to me is everything that wrestling shouldn't be i much preferred it when you had matches to determine draft picks and you had that crazy sort of roulette wheel on the screen and whatever else they kind of did to me it was more exciting it felt more like an event and the whole reason they do a draft, let's not pretend otherwise, is to get ratings. They got a minor boost, but they can't be happy by the only slight increase they did. So in that sense, I kind of felt like we should have kept it like a like a roller coaster. And they kind of, they ruined their own momentum on, uh, so I'm getting confused now, but either SmackDown or Raw, when the very first thing we heard at the start of the show was when we were told, oh, Drew McIntyre, the WWE champion, is going to be staying on... Uh, on Raw, and Roman Reigns, the SmackDown champion or Universal champion, is going to be staying on Friday nights. And you were like, oh, okay, well, we, we kind of, why, why am I even here? Maybe I should leave. It just, it felt like a wasted opportunity. The contrast to this being, yeah, like this is what I was trying to get at earlier, I do actually think the moves have been very good. I think Seth Rollins on SmackDown makes sense. I think Kevin Owens on SmackDown makes sense. In a move the likes of Bray Wyatt and Sheamus and who knows who else across the Raw. I think it freshens up both shows. It's why there was like another negative in the sense that they, we moved all the stories as well. And the idea, I don't get it. The one story that I wanted to see play out was a stupid lawsuit with Otis. And we've killed that one, I assume. 
and other stuff like Rey Mysterio and uh, whatever the hell else got moved. I can't remember now. You know, I think I felt like we could have maybe had a little pause with them for now. And like WWE didn't necessarily know where they were going with them and then eked them out. It's just, it doesn't, what is the point of having a draft if now the same content you saw on Monday, you're seeing on a Friday? That aside, though, I think the rosters are better in terms of what we need to do for our champions, especially. Drew McIntyre now has a bunch of cool guys he can he can feud with. AJ Styles being the top of that, I mean, that is going to be so good. Not only are they both tremendous workers, but AJ is just a great heel. Drew McIntyre is a good face. I think that could be money to the point that I kind of felt like Randy Orton had to win the championship at Hell in the Cell. That just made all the sense in the world. Why else would you take this extra step with a program you didn't necessarily need to? But now I'm all about Drew winning and going straight into a program with AJ Styles. I guess Randy Orton could win and you could do a number one contender thing. But I think it's much more fun if the championship is on the line. And Randy Orton's Randy Orton. He doesn't really need the title at this stage of his career. Although I don't mind if you give it to him anyway. I think he's had a great 2020. And... You know, if we can ever get to a point where, well, obviously I want to see Big E versus Roman Reigns. That's my uh, my preferred matchup. But if you want to get to a place where we can do Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens and give it time and give it legs. I saw somebody moaning, oh, I've seen that match loads. Well, even if that is true, which I do not think it is, I want to see it again. And I want to see it in this guy's where Kevin Owens feels more like Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns, you know, I don't know if he feels more like Roman Reigns, but his character is absolutely tremendous. So yeah, I don't agree... I don't agree with that at all. And on paper, that alone sees me through to WrestleMania season if we if we do it right. There's bigger question marks over the likes of Matt Riddle. Obviously, only debuted on SmackDown a few months ago. Lost to Baron Corbin, so he's not getting that win any back, uh, win any back time soon. Kind of makes me think, well, it's kind of difficult. I am not the biggest Matt Riddle fan in the world. He is one of these people where I understand the love that he gets, but he's not necessarily one of my guys. So I don't get too sort of frustrated as other people do. But with that said, if you are a Matt Riddle fan, I bet you're sort of, you know, got an eyebrow raised. And the whole Bray Wyatt Alexa Bliss thing, I don't know where we're going with that. Because at one stage, it seemed like they were going to feud with Andrade and Zelina Vega. So that's odd <laughs> and a little bit different. But then Zelina got moved to SmackDown and poor Andrade. I mean, if, Andra if the plan isn't to move Andrade back to NXT, then I think we have done that man a great disservice. And the, pay the payoff to that whole thing, Angel Garza and Andrade have been fighting for ages. They have gone up, down, left, right, tag team, not tag team, fell out, got back together. And we got a two and a half minute match with Angel Garza just won. I don't mind Angel Garza winning. I like the fact that it was a clean finish. I think it was. I get confused these days, as I'm sure you do too. But uh, to just have it peter out in the, in the way that it did. And a lot of people compared it to the Ricochet Hurt Business stuff. At least the Ricochet Hurt Business stuff had some fun and entertainment with it. Like most people said, oh, Ricochet should have just beaten Cedric Alexander. Okay, but would, you know, would I have believed that they were going to do anything different with Ricochet? No. Whereas this time, I had a smile on my face. It reminded me of Eddie Guerrero, obviously one of the greatest of all time. Uh, it was timely as well, because I'm pretty sure it was his birthday recently. I, I, t that's going to last a lot longer in my memory than Ricochet just wins with a surprise roll-up or something dumb like that, which is what WWE would have done. So I don't see them the same as well. I think it puts Ricochet in hopefully in a position where he does get used better, although, again, can we really trust that? Arguably not. And, yeah, if Andrade isn't going back into the loving arms of Triple H, then I find that uh, crazy. But I do like the Bray Wyatt Alexa Bliss stuff. I don't know how we're going to progress, and I don't know who they're going to feud with, but... It's, it, I think it's just because WWE has doubled down on it and they're taking it seriously is not the right word, but it's not like it comes and goes. We now have a, we had a few weeks of story. We can understand why Alexa Bliss is doing this. It's given something different for The Fiend to do. It's interesting. It's intriguing. It's the kind of stuff that you probably should be doing. And again, I can caveat that as well. I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy that I am. But you can kind of tell that WWE is doing this stuff on the fly, which is their greatest issue, because why else did the Firefly Funhouse version of Bray have a Paul Heyman puppet, which was that walrus? Clearly at Hell in a Cell, it was meant to be Roman versus Bray, and the plan has changed. I don't mind plan shifting, but they just seem to shift all the time, which means you do not get these long-term payoffs, which is also why, going back to my point earlier, I don't want to rag on Seth, Ray, Dominic, and Aaliyah too much, and Murphy. I think it was ridiculous that Murphy got drafted on Raw Talk or Talking Smack, whichever one it was, because again, it kind of ironically portrays him as a B-plus player, and he shouldn't be that right now. Whatever's going on with him should be done to, to elevate him, and I guess that's the other problem that we had. I love Titus O'Neil. I really do, and as a human being, he's probably one of the best in history. But when he's being drafted ahead of people like, I think he went before Sami Zayn, who's your IC champion, you know, you just... 
you don't want to be doing that because you need to be you need to you know or sometimes grab the audience by the hand and kind of beat into them <laughs> how they should feel about about certain things and i don't think we did that with the draft overall and i think that's probably because come that friday they hadn't actually decided who should go where with that said, yes, it, it's good. Seth Rollins will feel fresh on SmackDown and, and, and vice versa with all the things that we've all the things that we've gone through. And the other issue, of course, is that it doesn't matter. Of course it doesn't. Braun Strowman got more to move to Raw and it meant nothing to me because I'd already seen him there. Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura is probably going to go into a feud with the Street Profits, but we saw that because they turned up on Raw a few weeks ago. And this just ties into the law of diminishing returns, which WWE needs to sort out. Be it with this, uh, you know, the importance of the brand split, DQs, roll-ups, when it's time to actually, when you have to do those things, you don't have to do them, but when you want to do them, you don't get the same kind of reaction because you've seen them all the time. Like, I really don't mind a DQ finish. People think that I hate a DQ finish. I don't. I just think it should be used as an event, as a moment, as a reason to continue a story other than where we book two people together and we can't come up with a finish, so we'll just use our get-out-of-jail-free card. But it's not a get-out-of-jail-free card anymore, right? It, it, it's just not. But Hey-ho, it is what it is. We'll see what happens on the season premiere on SmackDown, which is Friday. Unbelievably have a universal title match between Raw's Braun Strowman <laughs> and SmackDown's Roman Reigns. I don't know what you do there. I think Lars Sullivan is going to get involved. And Lars Sullivan, uh, we're, now, we're then going to have it pitched that Lars Sullivan and Braun Strowman are split up by Mondays and Fridays. And then we'll probably build to a match at WrestleMania. I don't want to get into Lars Sullivan too much. If you know, you know. If you don't know, it, just Google it and you can make your own mind up. As I said on ups and downs, though, it's just, it's too much for me. It really is. With everything, I think it's because while I'll always preach forgiveness, when you have done some stuff that is wrong and incorrect and apologized, and then you kind of go and do that stuff again, I'm like, well, you haven't learned a damn thing. So I don't even want to spend too much time talking about him for that very reason. But not my kind of a dude, not the kind of monster I often get behind in WWE anyway. Sort of Braun Strowman circa 2016, 2017, I, I found much more fun. Uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And it's cool if you don't agree with me. I'm not here to preach, hence why we're just zooming through it. But, you know, as he has come up in conversation, I think it was important to mention it. The other big talking point is the death or the breakup of the New Day. And, I mean, I, I didn't really see it that way. I mean, it was portrayed that way, of course, and it was played that way, and I think it had to be. But to me, this is just a way to, you know, it's just a way to further... I don't really see it as a breakup because I think... What WWE usually would have done is that, you know, Biggie would have beaten them both up and then they would have been separated by the brand split and so on and so forth. But here, it just kind of feels like Kofi and Xavier can now smash the tag team division on Raw, whereas hopefully Big E can get his proper singles push. Is he fighting Sheamus again this Friday? Maybe. If so, he needs to whoop his ass. Although he did that last week with the street fight too. And if it does end up with, you know, Xavier and Kofi going on another massive tag team run and Big E becoming the Universal Champion... I just think that when you bring them back together, it's, it's going to be even sweeter. There is probably an element of the fact that everything's happening in the Thunderdome. So, I, And I don't hear about house shows. So I, I don't think that um, it, it doesn't feel the same way as maybe it would have done otherwise. But I, I'm excited about it. The miserable John Morrison stayed together and the, the other breakup was heavy machinery. I don't know what's going to I'm very worried about Tucker. He did not get drafted. You know, he was on a Raw talk or a, a Smack talk or whatever the hell they're calling it. You know, he was on he was on one of those shows. And it, it, apart from the tag team when they were having their good run, it doesn't really feel like they see him in the same bracket. Like they like Otis. And I do too. I love Otis. I love to see him do more with him. Whereas Tucker is just kind of flying around the place. But you never know. You know, you absolutely, you never know. And the other talking point we should probably get onto is that Lana won that battle royal. You know, whatever. It's... <laughs> It's just a way to make a match for next week, which is a championship match on the season premiere of Raw. It means nothing to me. And so many people said Bianca Belair should have won. I disagree with that massively because she wouldn't have won the title. <laughs> and then it, it is weird. She just shouldn't have been that match. She shouldn't have been that battle Raw. It was absolutely ridiculous to do that after all those skits because she's just been telling you I'm the best at this and best at that. And then you put her in a battle royal against everyone and she lost, <laughs> which is absolutely nuts. But, you know, next week, Lana will just lose. And Oscar will still be the champion. And then when you go from there, I don't know. Because we did move. I thought Carmella may move across with her new character. But no. And again, Bianca Belair's moved to SmackDown, I think. I do get confused about all of this. And it kind of just leaves a big, you know, a big open hole. I'm also confused about Alistair Black. I don't know how WWE sees him. I mean, thankfully, he did get drafted. But again, he was one of the last guys. 
And it's another one of those uh, stories that we may just throw onto SmackDown. I think I was done with Kevin Owens and Alistair Black. And that's not on those two. Those two are brilliant. Some of my favorite wrestlers, but just didn't go anywhere. And now I kind of feel like maybe they'll hamstrung, hamstring each other if we have to go back to it. I don't know how we'd reunite them either, but if you want to put Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn back together now, I'm not going to moan. I'm not going to complain about that at all. I think that it's been long enough. I know they said never again, never again, but WWE never remembers that. So yeah, I don't think you need to, I don't think you need to even concern yourself with it. I would like to see it. I think it would be a lot of fun. Even if you just want to do Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn for the IC Championship, I have never seen them have a bad match. And I absolutely mean that. I think those two guys are so good. Sami Ka- Callahan. Did I say that a minute ago? I meant Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn wants to be on the Great British Bake Off too, which makes him even more of a hero than he already was. I really have not yet because I'm loving his Hill character, but there is still some worth in Sami Zayn shedding the, uh, you know, the bad guy image or the asshole image, whatever you want to call it, and going back to being... The, the, the sort of the, the underdog hero at the, the what do they call him i can't remember now but they, the underground i can't remember but the underdog from the underground thank you brain because he was so good and he was so lovable and he's so believable and he says stuff about british bake-off and he's doing all this charitable work he's just a flipping best he is just the flipping best and now we need a new we need a new ic title feud for him because aj styles and jeff hardy are both gone elias made his return it's quite a good return Again, it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, it's okay to do it now because it all makes sense. I mean, his reasoning was a little bit crap, but whatever. And because I'd kind of forgotten about him, I just thought it was nice. There's also rumors that Eva Marie is going to return on either Raw or SmackDown. Maybe they'll team her up with Carmella because that was kind of Carmella's gimmick. That's what I thought when I saw it. I was very much like Eva Marie or Emmalina. And obviously, Tanil Dashwood isn't coming back. So, I don't know. That, that, I... Eva Marie worked hard. And I know that's usually what people say when they're trying to say nice things when they don't want to, but I don't mean it. I think she made a real effort to get better. And the gimmick of the whole, you know, Eva Marie is late to the match or Eva Marie can't be asked, whatever the hell that voiceover guy used to say, I used to get a kick out of it. And I'm pretty sure that the last thing we heard about Eva Marie was that she was stuck in traffic. So I think she comes back after four years and says, oh, sorry, bros. I was stuck in traffic. I'll quite like it. I don't mind anybody getting a chance. I don't know what she's been doing in her spare time. I don't know if she's going to come back and be absolutely awesome. Maybe she'll suck. You know, I don't have a clue, but I'm never going to judge someone. I saw so many people going, oh, I can't believe it. But yeah, whatever. What you can judge, I should have mentioned this when we we're talking about the draft, is the dumbest thing ever, which is retribution being drafted to Raw. And they're not even getting the promo by Ali. What the flip was that? That you can't justify that one. Like I'm a positive Pete, but you just can't do it. It's impossible. There is no way you should be drafting a group who has said they want to burn you to the ground. You just shouldn't do it. It's simple as that. You just shouldn't do it. You should have come up with something else. You should have done it a different way. We can say this a thousand times over, but what I do like is if you follow Mustafa Ali on Twitter is he is making it work wonderfully. Talking about opportunities being taken away, talking about people you know, judging you because of your name. I think he's going to be great with this. Talking about people that you just warm to and you don't know why, you know, going back to the whole Matt Riddle stuff. He is just one of those dudes where I'm like, I just want to see you do well because I know know you've got it in you. And it's kind of interesting as a heel because he's not a heelish figure, but maybe Retribution become these kind of like anti-heroes like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, let's face it, everybody hates WWE anyway. So maybe you could hate them along uh, along with Retribution. But it was... I like the way he's spinning it, but it was a real, real ball drop by WWE not to have that killer promo by by, by Ali. Like, imagine when Austin, I know it's not the same, but imagine when a Stone Cold or a Rock finally got given the ball and they just weren't on the show and weren't allowed to explain why. I don't think it would have done anything for them, and I don't think it did anything for, for him. But, you know, season premiere next week, so we start again, even though we haven't had a break or anything like that. I think SmackDown's a good show. I think Raw would be awesome if it was only two hours. Not going to talk about it. It's a boring subject. Um, but we just need some more stuff like Roman versus Jey Uso, right? Jey Uso came out this week and said it was meant to be a one and done. But, you know, it was so good that WWE continued it. And that's cool, man. Did we necessarily need to do it? No, but I'm not against it because I like both guys and I like what they're doing. But we need more stuff like that. Storylines where you can buy in and feel something. I actually listened to the Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard podcast, which I haven't done it in almost a year now. And they did No Way Out 2005. Oh, no, sorry, No Mercy 2005. And the whole story was Eddie Guerrero going on this, 
you know, I'm a good guy now. I'm all about honor and respect and taking on Batista. And that was the story, right? That was the story and that was the payoff. Is Eddie a cheater or is he now an honorable dude? And I just, I was listening to it. So we just don't do that anymore. You know what I mean? And also, he kind of fluked his way into the title shot or kind of tricked his way into the title shot. So you had some kind of justification with his character. And I think that's why the whole Roman J thing has been so good, because it's embedded in a story that was allowed to grow, as opposed to Zelina Vega just going up to Oscar and going, can I have a title shot? Yeah. Or when we had all the problems with Roman Reigns, you know, Goldberg and Braun Strowman, go, you want to fight? Yeah. It's just allowing things to breathe and it, it, it doesn't work if, you know, Mustafa Ali says, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and then he, then he doesn't do it. Because if you're a viewer and you're tuning in for that, you are going to get a little bit pissed off. So more power to Mustafa Ali to try to tie that all in, but it did make me a bit sad. But I'm, I'm a massive loser. Um, talking about AEW that's going on tonight, it's the anniversary show. One year, 52 weeks of AEW Dynamite, or just over really, because it was the 1st of October when they started. It's kind of crazy to me, because I remember the hype, obviously, as it should be, but to get a year down the line, and AEW is just something that exists in our life. It's just normal. We have a number two American or Western wrestling company, and I don't think I've ever given one of their shows a down, which I know people will say that I'm biased and I'm being paid by Tony Khan. If only that was true, I could do with the money. <laughs> but he's not at the moment. I'll tell you if he is. It's just been a good show, and I think it kind of ties into what we were just talking about then. It's a good show because it always makes sense. And it doesn't mean I like every single thing they're doing. Like the FTR angle, while they're having good matches and I believe in the characters, it's not my favorite thing. I know for other people, it's the, it's, it's the best damn thing. And it kind of goes for the Young Bucks too. When they're mucking around, some people don't like it. I love it. I'm in tears. <laughs> when they were doing the angle, watching the TV from a funny angle, I feel like it puts me in a special club and I get excited. And that kind of ties into the match tonight, right? The whole uh, Cody versus Orange Cassidy for the TNT title. You have this selection of people that think Cody shouldn't have been champion and he's just going to beat Orange Cassidy. Then you've got other people saying, no, we need to build Cody up. And other people saying, oh, no, Cody's going to go heel. I think you can take either one of those paths. But I have the faith that whatever they do, AEW will have a plan. So if Cody does win, it does seem a little bit needless that he beat Orange Cassidy, but maybe that's the point. And if Orange Cassidy does win, I think that's awesome too. And then you'll get the people moaning, oh, I can't believe we did a one-week title change. But you can do that with your TV title. And let's not forget that's what it is. It may be called the TNT title, but it is the television championship, hence why it gets defended on television so much. And if you do teach the fans, and that's something that can happen, whereas a world title change is more than likely going to be held back for a pay-per-view, then you've just established extra reasons to watch Dynamite or to watch Full Gear or Revolution or whatever the hell you want. So I don't mind, but I think there is going to be something in this. Maybe they do a DQ, which again, in all elite wrestling world is a huge thing because they don't do it. Maybe there's a run-in you know maybe Brody Lee is going to do something I feel like it's going to be a trigger moment for something else which is why it excites me I think Lance Archer versus John Moxie will rock if you saw them in New Japan you know what they can do they won't hold back also John Moxie right now is just on fire also getting Shida versus Big Swole for the women's title I certainly wouldn't change that one I think there is a smart slight chance they may but again I think you probably could have built that one up more that does feel a bit like we want to have all the titles being defended but hey ho they're not perfect and I've never once said that they were uh, FTR versus the best friends again i'm not massively into this ftr title run for no other reason than something deep down within me but it will be fantastic doing something with kip sabian and penelope ford got no problem with that because miro will be involved and mjf has his huge announcement i think we may have talked about this uh, last week but what we absolutely need to do with uh, with mjf is get him in the inner circle and then have him rock the whole place as in the rock you know, he needs to he needs to take over and kick, kick kick Chris Jericho out, who is basically a face already. So let's just make it let's just make it uh, official. But uh, who knows? But I'm very, very excited. I think it's gonna be a good show. And I think it may actually do really well because if NXT has any matches, I looked earlier, to be fair, I haven't looked in the last hour, but I am recording this on Wednesday afternoon. So you think they would have told me something. Let me check their Twitter while I'm on here. But it's very strange how sometimes they just don't announce anything. Maybe they don't need to. Maybe I'm wrong. What do I know? Absolutely nothing. But no, looking now. Um, uh, oh, no, no, there is, there, there is something. Uh, North American title is being defended. Damian Priest and Dexter Loomis. So that has been announced. That's a pretty good match. I know Dexter Loomis is a little bit of a, a controversial figure, a divisive figure that we, we, we will go by. And uh, other than that, I don't really know what else is uh, what else is happening. But um, 
Look, I, 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 I hate the fact I have to say this every time, but I understand how the world works. I want both shows to do really well. Of course I do. I get nothing out of a show doing crap. I'm a wrestling fan, and that's what I want. People asking about the G1 as well. I haven't got around to watching any of it yet. I certainly will at some stage. I just suck. There you go. <laughs> I just absolutely suck, and I should be, I should be doing better. One other point I want to make. I don't think there's anything else to be going on in the wrestling world. If I do forget, always let me know, and I'll make sure I talk about it on the next show. I saw a comment by Eric Bischoff talking about Brock Lesnar and Kofi Kingston. Obviously, they fought on the first SmackDown on Fox, and it kind of tied into the um, Batista versus Eddie Guerrero match that we talked about a few minutes ago. And Eric Bischoff's whole point was that Brock Lesnar had to do that to Kofi because if you were looking at it and you weren't a wrestling fan, you would have assumed Lesnar would have ruined him that way. I just think that misses... And look, who am I to say anything about Eric Bischoff? The man changed professional wrestling. He deserves all the plaudits that he gets. But just as a fan, just my one person's opinion, and it's probably wrong, let's face it, that's why I love wrestling. And I think it's up to the company to make me believe that Kofi Kingston would know how to get around a Brock Lesnar. Otherwise, why, you may as well just have Big Show win every single match. And that's not what I want to see. That would be really dull, and that would be really, really boring. I'm not saying it's like the original sort of UFC fight back in the day when it literally was you just take people from different uh, disciplines and throw them in a cage. But Eddie Guerrero to me was, and they talked about this on the show as well. I'm sure Bruce Pritchard exaggerates as he often does. But the idea of Eddie Guerrero was that when he was in the ring, I always believed the way he worked, the way he acted. It's the same with an AJ Styles. It's the same with um, a Finn Balor, a Daniel Bryan. No matter who you put them in the ring with, the way that they respond, the story they'll tell, and the actions that they make make me believe, okay, it doesn't matter that they're this big. You know, I totally think that they could win this match. And I don't think Seth Rollins looked competitive next to Brock Lesnar if we're talking about looks and physique. I mean, Kofi Kingston is smaller than Seth Rollins, but I don't want wrestling to fall into that kind of a, a, a niche. I just don't. There was a clip the other day. I can't remember what it's from. from. Maybe Joey Janela's uh, a match that he does. I think it was Dan Housen and Marco Stunt, I think. And they did this weird dance routine that really pissed people off. And look, I'm not saying it's the best thing I've ever seen. I, I got a little bit of a chuckle out of me. But professional wrestling, as far as I'm concerned, should always come down to we have two guys or two girls, whatever. These men are people. And we have a, a booker or a writer. And as long as everybody agrees, yes, we should do that, we should just go out there and do it. And it doesn't mean that every time we see it, it's going to be great or fire the best thing. But that's where the creativity comes from. Like if you and I are wrestling and we decide that one of us should lay on our backs and act like a duck while the other one starts juggling in the corner, we're able to do that because we know what professional wrestling is. Then it comes down to execution and does it make sense? So you can't just do nonsense all the time. But I think there has to be a time and a place for it. Which is why I don't. I think we should have we should have had a more competitive match between Kofi and Brock. I mean, ultimately, it didn't actually make a difference. Kofi Kingston is still Kofi Kingston, and Brock Lesnar is still Brock Lesnar. And when I look back to Kofi's 2019 title reign, I still smile about it because it's something I never thought we were going to get. So the fact that we did, I'm like, all right, awesome. That's you know one of those. It's a shame because it came from Mustafa Ali having to go through what he did. But I guess that's just the that's just the silver lining. But yeah, I, I don't wanna I don't want wrestling to be real, I guess is what I'm saying. It doesn't mean I don't want some angles to feel real. Of course I do. I want I wanna like, you know, Austin versus the Rock at WrestleMania 17, especially when I was younger. I totally believe this was this was hundred percent legit. I still wanna get that feeling now. I still wanna be able to suspend my disbelief, but I still wanna be able to laugh and I still wanna go, well, that's dumb. I mean, take impact at the moment. They're doing this whole storyline where uh, Rosemary wants Havoc to <laughs> Bring James Mitchell, resurrect him. She wants to bring him back from the dead. I think it's nonsense. I think it's ridiculous. It is not for me. It's, it's too dumb. I can't get into it. But I absolutely do not want them to stop doing it. In fact, if they are going to do it, I want them to double down on it. I want them to take it as seriously as humanly possible. Because that's the stuff that they've decided to do. It is a variety show. And I don't mean that WWE should be a variety show or AEW. I mean all of them. So you should be able to watch Impact and get a little bit of everything. You should be able to watch New Japan. You know, all of the, I mean, New Japan, right? New Japan, which people are oh, so hard hitting, they kick each other's ass, drop each other on their necks. They do do all that. But they also have stupid, I'm going to punch you in the ball spots. And you're going to have super duper comedy with like pants and clothes and just bizarre Japanese comedy. And I don't want that to go away. And sometimes people go, oh, it's the worst thing about New Japan. Yes, but it gives it its edge. Not is its edge, but it gives it a, it gives it a spin, and that may be the reason somebody watches it. Like they may watch one of those things and then see a Carter Naito 
I don't know, Jeff Cobb, whoever, you know, Will Ospreay, and go, flipping heck, that was good. And then they're through the door. It's why I love DDT so much. DDT is the dumbest thing you will ever see in your life. But it goes so far into bonkers territory that if you start criticizing it, it's like eating a pizza and go, I don't like cheese. What do you eat the pizza for then? You 100% knew what they were going to do. It's why when AEW starts with a nuts quote-unquote modern independent wrestling match and people moan about it you can't be surprised a year in that that is what AEW is going to do doesn't mean that you have to like it doesn't mean that you have to don't like it but don't shift your own expectations based on the evidence that's nuts that's crazy finally before we do answer questions i don't want the undertaker to come back <laughs> he should do whatever the hell he wants like he's a legend i don't think it ruins his legacy i've you know i just don't see it that way it doesn't change the memories leave the memories alone but drew mcintyre did an interview on a quick side night too apparently wwe were going to do a uk pay-per-view headlined by drew mcintyre and tyson fury i don't know how i feel about that I wanted I wanted UK pay for so long and Tyson Fury headlines. Who knows what's going to happen? COVID ruined everything. But Drew McIntyre did an interview where he said he's trying to get Vince McMahon to bring Undertaker out of retirement. I was like, I don't think I want it. I don't think I need to see it. Like, I'm sure it would be good. But how you get there, would it be one step too many? Maybe it would for me. I don't know. You'll have to let me know what you think as well. But I really did think about it. I don't know what it was. I sat there and I really, really did think, huh. I think in the same interview, Drew McIntyre said they would fight him in a Weatherspoons. And I was like, beat you to it, Drew McIntyre. I had a match um, that finished with me pinning Tate, May Tate Mayweather's um, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a Weatherspoons. <laughs> it was so good. It was, it was absolutely, it was absolutely brilliant. When I was told the idea, I think I said Mayweather's. I meant Mayfair's. Mayweather's, you know who I'm thinking of. Tate Mayfair's. Um, yeah, when I got told the idea, it was a Fool's Count Somewhere match which is absolutely wonderful. It means it was a false count anywhere match, but we didn't know where... There's only one place where the fall was allowed to take place and only the referee knew. How can I ever criticize Goofy Wrestling, right? And it turns out that... So you tried to pin people and the referee would go, no, wrong place. And we fought over to the Weatherspoons across the road, which is full. This is long before, you know, coronavirus and lockdowns. And only the manager and the bartenders and the staff knew what was going to happen. So we had all these people around us going, what the flip is going on? And it was excellent. And I speared poor Tate in the middle of it. He took quite a big bump, I know, because my bump was quite big and I was the one giving it. It was great. And it's one of those moments that really makes me miss professional wrestling. And if you're not keeping up to date with everything going on in the uh, in the UK world, you know, I had a couple of bookings up north that I didn't think was going to go ahead, but I kept my fingers crossed. And of course, they got wiped out in the last 28 to 48, 24 to 48 hours. So it's a it's a massive shame. I'm going to probably call it now and say that's it for me 2020 in terms of being in ring. I can't see what else is going to happen now. It kills me a little bit because I had a match booked, at least one, usually two or three, all the way from March through to January of next year. But there's much far, I always say this, but there are far worse things that have happened and there are far worse things that are going on. But this was the kind, it was the death knell for me. I was like, Simon, it's not going to happen until next year, which means the dream gets put to one side, but hopefully it opens up the door to do other things in the meantime. And on that note, we will answer your damn questions. The first comes from I Bring the Dark, who says, which wrestling game do you think was the closest to real life when it came to all the backstage scripts, drama, or sometimes even real heat between the wrestlers? Oh, I don't know that. I mean, the one that always felt most like you could put on a wrestling match was here comes the pain i think no mercy in wrestlemania 2000 was close but there was just so many cool things you could do in here comes the pain because it was a little bit more advanced simply because it was released after them like i remember when the rock was going for the people's elbow you could just close on his head off or if you were like brock lesnar you could catch him in f5 you know, it was an animation that you couldn't break. And one of the, well, personally, one of the worst things that I think has happened to wrestling games is that when you do your big moves, it goes into this animation that's unbreakable. And that's not what pro wrestling is all about. I'm sure that, I mean, fire pro wrestling is probably better for all the things that you've mentioned. But here comes the pain came to my brain. Dr. Scott Kelly. Try that one again. With Cody Rhodes getting the TNT title back, if there is an open challenge again, should we consider bombarding his post to get you a TNT title shot or at the very least have Lance Archer squash you on the way to the ring one week? Man, anyone that ever sends a message like that, you blow my brain, you make me very happy, you put a smile on my face. If there is any way to make that happen, it would be literally a dream come true. So I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to say no. I'm just going to say if it happens, 
I will be the happiest man ever. Jack says, will NXT play a part in Survivor Series again? If so, who would make the team quite different rosters from last year? Well, I'm personally hoping we don't do brand versus brand versus brand this year because I kind of think it craps all over the draft. Like Survivor Series is in six weeks or whatever it is. And, you know, if you already got into promotional matches, even though, look, you know, if you had Roman Reigns versus Drew versus um, Finn Balor, it's a pretty good match, right? That's a pretty good three-way. But I think the one thing I would like is to have a little bit more of a barrier between all that stuff. So I'm hoping that we don't do it. One Survivor Series match would be okay. Yes, that would be all right. But uh, who would be on it? Well, I suppose right now, if you were going to do it, it would probably be Finn Balor, Adam Cole. Man, lots of guys are injured, though. Finn Balor, Adam Cole... I mean, Kyle O'Reilly, maybe? I don't know. But then what about the other Undisputed Era guys? They'd probably put Velveteen Dream on it. And then even Finn Balor or Gargano would be my guess. But I'm missing a lot of people. I mean, surely Damian Priest would get on it. And maybe you could put Timothy Thatcher on there too. There are different ways and means. Uh, Podcast Pro Wrestling Indonesia. Nice. I want an exclusive interview with Wizard in the Sky and to ask on several of his decisions. Well, you know, I'm a man that can hook you up. Get in touch. I will do my best. Ty says, have you any advice for people wanting to start wrestling during the whole quarantine? Is there anything you can do at home to prepare? And how do you stay motivated with your diet? Watch loads of wrestling. And yeah, just get in the best possible shape you can. I mean, we can't train at the moment. I mean, I think some people in America are, but over in the UK, it's not happening. So yeah, get in the best possible shape that you can. Watch a bunch of wrestling. Try and form a character in your head. Work on your promos. Can do that. Just look into a mirror, record yourself on a phone, watch yourself back. Maybe share it on social media to get advice and feedback. And in terms of staying motivated with your diet... You just have to accept that you're not going to be able to eat nice food. I know that sounds like ridiculous, but it's true. Make sure you plan in a weekly cheat meal. So then, for example, right now, if you want some bad food, you know that you can wait till Saturday afternoon or wherever you decide to plan it in. It's just about discipline. And discipline is not easy. But when you do get into a routine with it, it does make it it does make it does far easier. Electric says, do you think AEW should bring in Rachel Ellering uh, and Paul as her manager? Then eventually he adds a tag team. Wouldn't say no. I, I like Paul Ellering a lot. Never understood why they took him away from the authors of pain and look what happened with that garrett do you think wwe will pull the plug on big e or let him go all the way man i'd love to tell you that they're gonna go all the way with him and i hope they do as a fan it's what i want but you just never know you just never know but i will keep both of my fingers crossed that we are gonna build a new star because it's exactly what WWE needs. Uh, Ed is just here to look at funny posts. Says, what are your top 10 moves I would never take if you offered me a million bucks? Oh, man, I don't know. I don't think there's a move that I wouldn't take. It's more the deathmatch hardcore things. You know, am I going to be hit with a real barbed wire bat? No. Do I want to be put, put off some scaffolding? No. Do I want to go into some thumbtacks? No. Real glass? No. Light tubes? No. And so, so on and so forth. I don't need that in my life. And I'll probably die. And then I wouldn't even get the million bucks. Uh, Sunil says, should AEW transfer some of their big boys to help Fulham out in the rele- relegation battle? Well, it would make football more fun. Especially at the moment as it runs itself into the ground. So why the hell not? Andy Reid, do you think Raw and SmackDown needs GMs again? Even just in the background like Regal and NXT? I think it makes sense when you have things like the draft or trades at a later date. Well, they kind of do with Adam Pearce. They're just not doubling down on whether that's an official role or not. I like what they used to... You you mentioned William Regal. And you could even mention Tony Khan on AEW. But this goes back to the days of Jack Tunney. That's what they're doing. It's what Jack Tunney used to do. You barely ever saw Jack Tunney on sort of early 90s wrestling. But they would just mention on commentary, oh, Jack Tunney has done this. That's all you need to do. You don't have to have a proper figurehead. You just have to have a name so that when random things happen, the commentators can jump in. So I suppose my answer is yes. Edmundo says, is Lana winning a match in the main event of Raw the most 2020 thing ever? No, it's fine. It's just a way to have a championship match next week that Oscar can win. I really don't have a problem with it at all. Jordan says, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, uh, 10 being the most sad, how sad were you that Repo Man never won a world title? No, no, not sad at all. Because... The reason I love Repo Man is because of the gimmick. We kind of talked about this during this episode. You know, you've got two guys, and as long as everybody says, yes, you can do it, and that's what Repo Man was. I'm pretty sure it was the suggestion of I was Barry Darso. I'm pretty sure it was his idea. I'm pretty sure he went to, to Vince McMahon with it, and they made it happen. And it's daft, and it's stupid, and it makes no sense. 
but that is why it was wonderful. Harrison says, how would you make the draft better? As we talked about earlier, just have more fun with it. Be silly. You're a wrestling company. You don't have to be confined by the real world and by reality. So, you know, sports entertainment, just do that. Uh, 75 Till Infinity says, thoughts on a stable with Eddie Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, Diamante and Eva Lise. It would be all right. I mean, it's essentially breaking up the inner circle and breaking up what Eddie Kingston already has. And I think it would be okay. I don't think that's necessarily better than what we have now, though. So I don't think we need to do it. Although having some kind of female faction or adding in a few females to the groups that we've already got would be nice. Uh, obviously, Dark Order have done it a little bit, but the inner circle could use one. The Hurt Business, some rumors about Naomi potentially being put in there. Man, she's got a lot of beef. So that would work. She could even be in Retribution. I like groups. W, there's probably enough at the moment, but I'm glad they're back because for a while we didn't have any. Jordan Brigman says, there's a report that Eddie Guerrero and Shawn Michaels were supposed to have a match at WrestleMania. What would you have wanted the build up to be? Well, that actually comes off that Something to Wrestle With podcast I listened to it the other day. I mean, you don't need a build for that match, right? Other than two of the greatest going at it, who's the best? That's all you need to do. Sometimes the simplest things are, are exactly what you want. And it's a shame we never got it because I think that would have been fire. And I don't mean to create any controversy here, but I was a far bigger Eddie Guerrero fan than I was Shawn Michaels. So I would have been right behind Eddie. And if you go back and watch his stuff now, he's a fascinating character, Guerrero, because much like other people that we have talked about on this show, I always liked him and I always respected him, but he was never one of my guys. And in fact, I remember watching him on a random episode of Raw or SmackDown way back in the day and kind of thinking to myself, I don't get, I don't get it. I, I can see he's talented, but I don't get why he has this swell of popularity. And then within about six, eight weeks, it, it just clicked. <laughs> I was like, this guy is the greatest. And I know a lot of people that tell stories like that. It's, you know, somebody dying obviously adds extra importance and gravitas to their life because it's over, right? As horrible as that is to say. But even with all of that, Eddie Guerrero really, really was one of the best ever. Like he truly, truly was. So much fun. So entertaining. A small guy in terms of you know, the land of the giants. But, ah, oh, man. Just he's wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, Rice King says, How excited are you for The Fiend on Raw? About the same as I was excited for him on SmackDown. I like all the Alexa Bliss stuff. I think that will be quite entertaining. But it's all about execution, right? Raw and SmackDown are just there. They're just conduits. It's all about how we do the booking. Your 30s in the 20s, Rock and Roll Express or The Midnight Express probably the Midnight Express, but again, you could argue that all day. Brian Rupal says, what hooked you into wanting to be a pro wrestler? Well, I was always a fan. Always a fan. And, you know, when I ticked past my 30th birthday, I thought to myself, right, Simon, it's now or never. And I decided it should be it should be now. Then life gave me a pat on the back, aka Barry Horowitz, and um, a wrestling school opened but five minutes, maybe 10 minute drive from my house. I was like, well, there's no reason not to do it. And... Whenever I throw myself into something, I won't stop unless I, you know, get something out the other end. And I had my one match and it was one of the greatest things I'd ever done. And I miss it terribly. So, you know, it was just being a fan from when I was a kid and not wanting to get into old age and not be able to say, well, at least I gave it a go. And now I have many pictures and, and many videos and many tweets calling me a crap wrestler <laughs> that will always remind me that I did indeed give it a go. Uh, Gitznick says, do you believe when Orton retires, his legacy will be remembered as wasted potential or he used his full potential to push himself to the top? Randy Orton's had a pretty good career. Was he 14 time world champion, been going for 20 years, whatever the hell it is. I guess it all depends on what you intended him to do anyway. Like he has had top matches. I guess he's never been a draw, right? I mean, in the sense of a John Cena, The Rock, Stone Cold, Hulk Hogan. He's never been that guy. But he is like a wrestler's wrestler. And he has, again, been pretty damn consistent. Better heel, but also can be a decent face, good finishing move. I don't think so, no. I think he he's a main event WWE star that all fans know. And to me, that's pretty damn successful. That over, kill Guy Sun. That's terrifying. My main question is, why do they think hiring Lars Sullivan was a good idea after everything he's done and continues to do? I'd love to be able to answer you. I cannot. Little Spider says, what is your 100% honest opinion on everything with Retribution so far? Uh, not great. Hit and miss to say the least because the whole gimmick doesn't make sense. But I like all the guys in it. I really enjoy what they do on social media. And I think putting Mustafa Ali front and center, as long as they're given the damn time, will really, really work. And I'm very, very confident. And I'm very, very excited. Doesn't mean that it is. But that's how I feel about it. Matt Moore, who is your early pick to win the Rumble? And what do you think will be in contest for both top titles come Mania? 
Oh, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, it all depends on what the plan is. I mean, Roman Reigns could win it if he loses a championship. Same with Drew McIntyre. Back-to-back Raw Rumble wins. Not a bad way to get that guy revved up again. Brock Lesnar could come back and win the Raw Rumble. And AJ Styles could win it. I, I wouldn't be adverse to that. And I think people you know, wouldn't get mad at it, which is something that WWE often does. You could strap a rocket to someone like a ricochet or Apollo Crews, but I doubt that very much. But you could do it. Bobby Lashley, maybe. Could do Brock versus Bobby. I don't know. It's it's way too way away to to actually start making calls for that because it all depends on what the hell would happen. In terms of who do I think the top matches will be, well, I hope it's Roman Reigns versus Big E. Big E, he could win the Royal Rumble. And I think it's going to be Brock Lesnar versus Drew. I've just got a funny feeling. I think they're going to do that. Uh, Mr. David 1982 says, I would like to hear your thoughts on the AEW Dynamite show, predictions and such. Well, we've done that. So I was ahead of the game. So that's good. Uh, Matthew Milam says, who do you think should be number one in the PWI Women's 100? Oscar. Oscar, I think she's been one of the heroes of the pandemic era. I think she's kind of, you know, put herself into a better position than she was before because it always felt like she was getting a half push, whereas now it feels like she gets a proper push. I'm going Oscar, number one. Kieran says, do you think the decision to turn Roman heel was because they dropped the ball on Cena and never turned him heel? Absolutely not. Cena is a success. Yes, there's no two damn ways about it. He made a lot of money. And again, he, he went on for ages. So no. I think it was right place, right time, no fans, less f- focus on merchandise, no focus on house shows. So they actually felt like they were in a position to take the risk. And I'm sure Roman pushed for it. And thank goodness he did, because this is the coolest version of Roman Reigns ever. Moles says, what happens when Vince relinquishes control of WWE? More of the same, or will he get pre-USA NXT storytelling and matches? Or will we? There's no way to know, right? Vince McMahon is the most successful pro wrestling booker promoter ever when he passes away i think there will be a good few weeks and good few months of almost stunned silence by everybody because it just feel feels it will feel so crazy like it really 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 will so there's no way to answer that does triple h even take over you assume he does but you don't actually know for sure so yeah i don't know zach just game says who has the biggest writing issue on wwe right now the heels or the baby faces <clears throat> well probably the baby faces just because they don't have very many strong baby faces the heels are all right, but they're always booking for heat. So I think they, they could just book more baby faces like they've been booking Drew, right? A good, solid, strong, not scared or stupid baby face is so easy to get behind. And often they, they, they book their good guys to fall into these dumb traps. So yes, but they are getting better at it. So that makes it a little bit easier. Chainsaw Chambers 97 says, do you feel that part of WWE's problem is they have so many sponsors they have to not offend or risk losing them, meaning they can't be as edgy in storylines, leaving everything stale and boring? I can see that posing an issue. P.S. You really inspire me to be a better person. Well, that's nice, man. I do my best. No, I think that's an excuse. I've watched plenty of PG programs that have edge and attitude and interesting edgy storylines. It's just how you present it and how you produce it. So no, I don't think so. I think there should always be a way to be able to do that. And you should still be able to push the boundaries here and there, just not go completely over the line. And I don't necessarily want to see people go completely over the line. So no, I absolutely don't think that... um I don't think that. Uh, Mike Fatigo or Fatikato says, what are your favorite moves from the WWE draft and what would you have done differently? Well, Kevin to SmackDown, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins to SmackDown, I really, really enjoyed. I thought that was good. I like Sheamus going over to Raw 2 because I think he needed it. What I would have done differently is I would just stop some of the stories as we talked about earlier. I just didn't feel like there was a need to continue some of them. But hopefully they've got a plan and hopefully WWE um, proves me wrong. Anthony Anton says, with the rumors continually growing that the forbidden door is opening little by little, what all elite New Japan matchups are most intriguing to you? Uh, FTW versus Gorillas of Destiny, Okada versus Moxley, Orange Cassidy versus Suzuki. Well, that one, I still want to see that. I mean, the whole point is they'd all be good, right? You could have Suzuki come in for a three-week run, then be on a pay-per-view, Okada, Naito, uh, Ibushi, you know, all of these dudes. I mean, if they did Omega versus Ibushi on American Soul and AEW, people would lose their minds. Same if you did Okada versus Moxley, like you mentioned. Look, it's more of a hardcore fan sell. And I would imagine that those fans already watching AEW 
So you could argue actually it benefits New Japan more than anybody else, but it certainly would be fascinating. It certainly would be interesting, but I don't think you want to do it all the time. You want to treat it like Christmas, right? It comes around, but once a year, obviously you could do it more than once a year, but it feels exciting because we haven't ran it into, haven't run it into the ground. Um, Mook TV says, what's your dream match of one wrestler deceased and one wrestler alive? Who is your dream opponent that you would have to wrestle? I like have to wrestle. So I'm being forced into it. Mine is always Bret Hart. Always say that favorite wrestler ever. And in terms of very cruelly digging somebody up to have a match, I'd probably get Macho Man Randy Savage and put him against Daniel Bryan because I think I would love the shib out of that. Uh, Matt Brightman says, what do you think of R-Truth losing the 24-7 title to Little Jimmy who then can't be find, found and that's how they retire it before adding R-Truth into the New Day? No, I wouldn't do that. That's We're long past adding anybody extra to the New Day. Uh, and I think... I mean, that would be okay to do that. I like the little Jimmy character. The problem with the little Jimmy thing is that it just kind of feels like something we've already done before. So no, maybe I wouldn't do it. Mr. Muse says, is it time to finally remove gimmick pay-per-views from the cycle? I feel like they've run the course now and the matches themselves need to feel important again regarding when they are placed. Well, that is the problem with Hell in a Cell. We're having three Hell in a Cells just because the name of the pay-per-view is Hell in a Cell. So yes, I probably would retire them. I would. I always preferred Money in the Bank being part of WrestleMania. I thought it was a fun tradition. Uh, the Elimination paper, Chamber pay-per-view falls into the same, uh, falls foul in the same way that Hell in a Cell does. So yes, I think that probably has run its course. The fact that we are, you know, weeks away from Hell in a Cell matches and there's not really that much excitement kind of sums it up. And that shouldn't be the way. These things are there to to get people excited. So I would say you're absolutely right. Jeffrey says, do you think things will actually change when McMahon finally releases control of WWE? I have no idea. Uh, and finally, Kuta Hooligan. I think I got that right. Did you catch any of the collective shows from the weekend? Was some real good shit in there? No, I didn't. <laughs> just, to, just to really burst your bubble. I, 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 the, the amount of trying to see extra wrestling in my week is, is very, very hard. Not that I'm moaning about it, but... Um, yeah, I haven't, but I'll try and catch up uh, on as much stuff as I possibly can at one point. And we'll finish with, is Strong Style Wrestling the best product to get MMA fans back to watching pro wrestling? No, not at all, because they've got real fighting. So if anything, you could argue to get them in, you want to give them silly, stupid stuff, because it actually gives them something different as opposed to... Um, yeah, opposed to what they're, what, what they're used to. But who knows, man? Everybody's different. Everybody's different. It's... A small part of me thinks that maybe resting from this day on is going to be a niche forever. I don't know. I don't know. You'll have to tell me. And on that note, we will round things up again. I do apologize. It's a day late. We're kind of mucking around with the schedule here, but we talked about all that at the start. Mainly, thank you very much for joining me. Shout out to knuckles.com for always supporting Simon Miller's pro wrestling show. Otherwise, I'm on Twitter, Instagram at Simon316, patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Search for Simon Miller on YouTube. Give me a subscribe. Eventually, this will get back on twitch.tv forward slash Simon316 when I don't know. SimonMiller.bigcartel.com for merchandise. Otherwise, forget all of that. Just have good times. Good, have good days. We will start stretching these episodes out now. I know they're only going to be one a day, but it is late here in the United Kingdom and I have to go finish off some other stuff that I'm still behind on. What a world we live on. I'll talk to you soon.